very special episode of the Poitras Ponderings podcast, where we pause, ponder, and then project. We know you will enjoy the improved quality of the recording, but even more, the subject matter that is discussed in this episode. October is a very special month because it is Pastor Appreciation Month. Jim speaks to us about the perfect pastor, but even more about how to show our appreciation for our pastor. So without any further delay, here is the host of this podcast, Jim Poitras. Good day, everybody. This is Jim Poitras with the Poitras Ponderings Podcast, where we pause, we ponder, and we project. September is finally over. Just about every member of my family, my in-laws, they all have birthdays in the month of September, or it seems like that. I had my 36th wedding anniversary in the month of September, and now we're in the month of October, an expense-free month. Well, October, there is Pastors Appreciation Month, and I hope that you've taken time to appreciate your pastor. I've been on a quest to find the perfect pastor, and my research tells me that the perfect pastor is 26 years old, and he's been preaching for 30 years. The perfect pastor is a great leader, but he also obeys and follows the will of his congregation. The perfect pastor is tall, he's short, he's thin, he's heavyset, and of course he's handsome, with one brown eye and one blue eye, that's the perfect pastor. The perfect pastor has his hair parted in the middle, the left side is blonde and straight, and the right side is dark and curly, and he must have a full head of hair. He's a brilliant scholar, but he's also a down-to-earth communicator. The perfect pastor preaches, listen pastors, the perfect pastor preaches exactly 10 minutes, not one minute more, and maybe one minute less would be okay. The perfect pastor condemns sin, but he never hurts anybody's feelings in the congregation. The perfect pastor has a burning desire to work with teenagers, but he spends all of his time with us older folks. The perfect pastor makes 15 calls a day to church members, but he's out constantly evangelizing the lost. The perfect pastor is always available in his office in case someone just stops by for a surprise appointment. Now here's the deal, if your pastor does not measure up to the standards that I just gave you, just go ahead and take that, write it down, put it on your Facebook account, simply send it to six other churches that may have pastors they're a little bit tired of too, 
And if they want to bundle up the pastor, send them on to the church at the top of the list, they can do that. If everyone cooperates in one week, you will receive the grand total of 1,643 pastors. And one of them, my dear friends, should be perfect for you. But be careful, though. I once heard that the chain was broken and uh, the church actually received back their old pastor, the perfect pastor. Since the church is made up of imperfect people like me, the idea of a perfect pastor is never really going to happen. So we need to stop kidding ourselves and really be realistic about the whole thing. There's no such thing as a perfect pastor. There's no such thing as a perfect church. And there's no such thing as a perfect member. But it is Pastor's Appreciation Month. We know that there's no church that's perfect, but we continue to strive for perfection. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but I do want you to know this, I do have the nearly perfect pastor at my church. My wife and I spent 29 years on the mission field in West Africa. Many of you know of that. We raised our two girls there. The youngest girl is now married to a great young man named Zach. And uh, for 29 years, they had to endure me being their pastor. It got so tough that I once received a note. I won't mention which particular member of the family sent this note to the platform. But she sent a note to the platform and it simply read this, Dad, preach quick, I'm starving. And as a good, nearly perfect pastor, I had to go ahead and perhaps obey that. For the last nine years, I have relinquished pastoral control and care of the Poitras family over to our pastor at New Life St. Louis. And on any given Sunday, at New Life, you can find all five members of the Poitras Farini family doing their best to serve the Lord at our local church. Uh, I believe that the Lord has placed me where I am so I can be an encouragement to my pastor and also to our ministerial team and hold up their hands in the battle because I know that the Lord has given us precious gifts at our local church. And I believe that he's giving you precious gifts at your local church at, as well. The scripture says in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse number 15, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So on this episode of the Poitras Ponderings podcast, I pause and I ponder to give honor to the ministry team that I work with in our local church. And I thank God for every one of them. They know exactly who they are. I'm going to call them by their first name, my pastor, Aaron, and his great wife, Brianna. There's Tyler, there's Amanda, there's Elise, and there's Nolan on the way. There's Colby and Alexa and Nathan or Nathaniel. There's Dorsey, there's Robbie, there's Jim, and I've added, there's Mike, there's Miriam, there's Kylie, there's Gary, there's Victoria, and there's more. The gifts that God has given to us at our local church. Someone said that every Christian man needs at least three other men 
in his life. Everybody needs a Timothy, a Timothy that you can invest in, that you can mentor, that you can coach. And I'm thankful for the Timothys in my life. I'll just name two, Dominic and Zach. You also need a Barnabas in your life, someone that will be an encourager. There are encouragers in my life, the men that encourage me, Baron and Nick and Brad and others. And of course, when you talk about the ladies, there's Linda and there's Samantha and there's Melinda and there's Kendra. They're all encouraging me in my life. A couple of them are watching me right now. But there's also a Paul that needs to be in your life. You need to lead someone, you need to encourage someone, but there needs to be someone that you submit to that will be able to lead you. And that comes down to one particular man of God, and his name is Aaron Batchelor. And I dedicate this podcast episode to Pastor Aaron Batchelor, my pastor at New Life in St. Louis. I appreciate the voice of my pastor in my life. On any given Sunday morning, especially during COVID-19, you can go to Facebook Live and you can see so many services, hear so many sermons, hear from so many pastors. And if those are apostolic voices, I'm sure that those are good voices for you to listen to. But above all of that, for every one of us, there needs to be one voice. That's what I said. There needs to be one voice above all the others. Because we are sheep and we have a shepherd. And the sheep always hears the shepherd's voice. One voice above all of the others. So I appreciate so much and I applaud so much the voice of my pastor in my life. There's nobody like him. There's no voice that I would rather listen to on any Sunday morning or Wednesday night or pastor's chat during the week. I'm thankful for pastor's voice in my life. A pastor's voice means about four different things to me. Number one, there has to be that voice of prayer, the voice of prayer. The pastor, my pastor, has a great ability to communicate with God. I once preached a message in Ghana. It was called, Let the Preacher First Be Fed. And when I left the service that day and got in the car, I spoke to this young man that worked for us. His name was Titi. And I said, Titi, what is it that I preach today? And he said, oh, Reverend, you preach that when there is food given out in the church, that the preachers, the pastors need to be able to go to the very front of the line. They need to be there at the front of the line. Well, Titi totally missed the mark because what I was really referring to is that before we're able to feed others with the Word of God, we must also first be fed ourselves because we live, pastor lives, in the overflow of the Spirit. And I have found, as a minister of the gospel, that God speaks best through us what God is speaking to us. I recently read a book entitled Spiritual Survival Handbook for Cross-Cultural Workers, by Dr. Robert S. Miller, Spiritual Survival Handbook, and you don't even have to worry about the cross-cultural workers part. 
Spiritual Survival Handbook for Cross-Cultural Workers, Dr. Robert S. Miller, and he said, so much of what I've learned about survival and ministry is based on the following statement. Inward, before outward. Secret, before public. I wanna go ahead and repeat that for you, my listening friends, as we pause and we ponder and we project. So much about ministry is wrapped up in this statement, inward before outward, secret before public, for you must win the battle within your own person if you are to survive in ministry. Success in this inner terrain requires a commitment of the heart and a renewing of the mind. Start your training here in the secret places. Let the river flow into your heart there is a river that proceeds from fellowship with the Spirit, a river that waters your thirsty life. The flow of this river is dependent on your heart's posture before the Lord. I have a pastor that is a prayer warrior. Our bishop before pastor became our leader at New Life, was a prayer warrior, is a prayer warrior. When it comes to my local church and you look for the culture, the DNA of my local church, prayer is part and parcel of the DNA of the local church. Right from the children all the way up to the adults, prayer is central in our local church. You can look at other cultural cues at my local church. There's prayer, there's praise, there's worship, there's the preaching of the word. All of those are cultural cues at my local church. We're a multicultural church. We're a multi-generational church. Our culture is service and discipleship. But I'm talking about prayer. My pastor knows how to pray. My, pra my pastor is an example of prayer in our local church. Every morning at our local church, we have a prayer meeting that begins at six o'clock and those that can make it come there, others pray in their homes, I suppose, or on their way to work or walking around the neighborhood or cooking breakfast. But prayer is part of the DNA of the local church. And I love to hear my pastor pray. One morning I was walking by him and I heard him praying for my daughter and son-in-law, Kendra and Zach, and that meant so much to me. I, I hear my pastor praying over the ministry team that he works with. I love it when my pastor prays. I appreciate my pastor. Number two, well, there is that voice of correction and direction that pastor gives from the pulpit. And there are times lately, the preaching is so superb all the time, but lately there have been times where there has been that word of correction, that word of direction given to us as a church congregation, and I appreciate it so much because the scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 2, that we are to preach the word. We are to be ready in season and out of season. We are to reprove, we are to rebuke, we are to exhort, and we are to do that, my friends, with complete patience and teaching. Now that's a hard task. Preach the word, be ready in season, out of season. Go ahead and reprove, go ahead and rebuke, 
go ahead and exhort. And while you're doing all of that, do it with complete patience. So when I began to look at Pastor Aaron Batchelor against or with that scripture, he does that, preaches the word. He will reprove, he'll rebuke, he'll exhort, and he'll do it all with a precious smile on that face of his. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? If you've got a preacher in your life today, my friend, you need to pause and ponder right now and thank God for your preacher's voice in your life today. Because if you have a pastor that preaches the truth, and I know that many of you do, I hope that all of you do, if you have a pastor that preaches the truth, you ought to stand behind him or her with everything you've got. I'm going to repeat that because I really believe it. If you have a pastor that preaches the truth, you ought to stand behind him with everything you've got. And while you're at it, don't be afraid to say amen once in a while, even to Jim Poitras on the Poitras Ponderings podcast. I would appreciate an occasional amen. That's right, brother. That's right, sister. You see, there is an anointing that is in the pulpit, and the anointing is upon the pastor. The anointing is upon the preacher, but that's not where the anointing stops. It flows to that pastor, that preacher in the pulpit, but that's not where it stops. Otherwise, pastors every Sunday could just go ahead and preach against walls. You know, preach against the open window or the door. There's an anointing in the pulpit. It's upon the pastor. It's upon the preacher. But there also has to be an anointing on the platform. The praise team has to be anointed. The musicians on the platform need to be anointed. Purity begins to flow on that platform, is exampled on that platform. But guess what? It doesn't stop there. There is an anointing on the pulpit and on the pastor. There is an anointing on the platform and on the praise team. But the anointing also needs to be in the pew. The anointing needs to be upon you in the pew. So there is an anointing in the pew among the people that gather together in the church every Sunday morning. Here's the deal. There are preachers that go home every Sunday and they are discouraged because they feel like they missed the mark. There are preachers out there that that's the way that they feel, that they just didn't deliver the word of God like they thought it should be delivered. And they blame themselves. But could it be that those in the pew did not open their hearts? Those in the pew did not receive the word? Those in the pew did not apply the word? Check it out. Go ahead and have an after church event, maybe some delicious food in the fellowship hall. Open up the doors. Let that smell of the food begin to flow in the 
sanctuary. That's not the Shekinah glory of God, by the way. That, that food, the smell is coming into the sanctuary. And see what type of reaction that you get as the preacher. I remember one Sunday night in, uh, well, I won't tell you the state, or, and I won't tell you the church, but I was preaching away, and all of a sudden the, the back door of the church flung open, and the pizza hot guy uh, walked into the sanctuary. He had so many pizzas. Guess what, folks? Church was totally over. I don't even know if I was able to give an altar call. It was done, and we were enjoying pizza. Number three, the pastor's voice is also the voice of counsel. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But the safest voice among human beings would be the voice of your pastor. I tell young people all the time that the will of God is as easy as finding and doing the next right step. And then I tell them that if you found the next right step and you have not consulted with your pastor, your youth pastor, your spiritual authority, you haven't found the next right step. You found the wrong step because there's that voice of counsel. The Holy Spirit is a counselor to us and God speaks through our pastor, there are many times that people will go to the pastor, ask for a meeting, go inside, sit down with him or her, and express what's going on in their lives, what God is calling them to. And pastor will look at the individual and say, well, I'm so glad that you've now discovered that because I've been knowing that for some time now. The voice of counsel. There's also the voice that speaks to God on our behalf. I have a pastor that speaks to God on my behalf. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. When my pastor stands there and he gives an account for me, a member, a minister in his local church, I don't want him to have to stand there. I don't want her to have to stand there with groaning, speaking so low, hoping that nobody will hear. But I want them to be able to do that with joy. There's a principle that I learned long ago. You may want to apply it to your local team, your local situation, if it's of any blessing to you. It certainly was a blessing to me. I was on the mission field. I was working with people, and uh, something was really not going okay, and I decided to commit that to prayer and fasting. I fasted and prayed for about 10 days, 24 hours a day. I thought that God was going to go ahead and, you know, shake the heavens on my behalf, give me tremendous revelation. Uh, at the end of the 10 days, he spoke to me and he said this, where there is no responsibility, there is no accountability. I will not stand before God and give an account for my senior leadership. My senior leadership will stand before God and give an account for me. Bringing this Poitras Ponderings podcast down to a close, I had the privilege in Ghana, West Africa, my wife and I and our children had the privilege of working with a beautiful, wonderful lady. Her name is Sister Elsa Lund. I remember on one Thursday morning, 
the national prayer meeting and uh, she sat down beside me and she shared some verses of the scripture with me and she said this is the reason why God has called you this is what God sees when he looks at you Psalms chapter 78 verse 70 to 72 says this he chose his servant David calling him from the sheep pens he took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. And I like this closing verse. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. He cared for them with a true heart and he led them with skillful hands. I'm thankful today that my pastor and your pastor as well, that they set the example for the congregation. Leadership is about knowing the way, going the way, and leading others in the way. Here's an example of my pastor. This morning, we were wrapping up in the prayer meeting, and as he does almost every Sunday morning, I see him moving around. I see him moving outside. He's checking to make sure that the church is just perfect for those sheep that will be coming to church on that particular day. He's already prayed for the ministry of restoration, the ministry of reconciliation to take place. He's already sought the face of God. He has the sermon, but he always sets the example. And this podcast is being recorded on a Sunday it was Pastor's Appreciation Day at our local church, and we honored our ministry team there. But way before the music started and the shock and awe group were there and the red carpet team was in the building and way before even the director of operations was there and all of the other ministry people and so many blessings that we have in our local church. Pastor was there and I saw him walking by and he had a broom and a dustpan. I think the broom was blue. I know the dustpan was white and he picked up the broom and the dustpan and he was going somewhere because he saw something in the local church that need to be swept. So I am thankful as I close out the Poitras Ponderings podcast. I am so thankful that I have a pastor that will take up a broom and a dustpan in one hand, and he'll take up a Bible and a microphone in the other, and he will be the near perfect pastor. My advice for you today, listening audience and friends, do something to appreciate your pastor, if not today, this week. You'll be glad that you did. He will be glad that you did, or she will be glad that you did. In fact, they may even preach a little bit better next Sunday because of your kindness. God bless you. This is the Poitras Ponderings Podcast, appreciating pastors everywhere for their faithfulness. God bless you. We appreciate and love you. I want to give honor to whom honor is due. 
And I know that you do too. See you again next week. Thank you.